1: Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 is how you can interact with the program today. Monday edition with Sixth and Peabody, our host for the studio. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to Jacob Swanson, Jonathan Moulton for making the show happen. All the great uh, shots that you see from around the studio. They do great, great work, as does the chairman of the board, David Reed making it happen for us across the OutKick Network, which includes Sports Radio 104.7 in the Upper Cumberland. We say hello to you listening this afternoon here across the mid-state. Also, Fox Sports Knoxville, Fox Sports Shoals, Florence, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville. Uh, We hope you'll chime in on Twitter and on YouTube as well. Just search us out, OutKick360. And as always, if you miss a portion of the show, you can grab the podcast wherever you download your podcast. It's posted immediately following every program. Just search out OutKick360. Monday Night Football tonight, Rams at the Cardinals, and Jalen Ramsey uh, placed on their COVID-19 reserve list today, along with uh, Higby, their tight end. So they're down two key players, uh, especially Ramsey, who will be at some, some points matched up or would have been some points matched up with DeAndre Hopkins. That certainly plays a factor in the matchups tonight as Kyler Murray and the Cardinals go for their 11th win.
2: You know, that team, that defense built around two guys, Aaron Donald and uh, and Jalen Ramsey. And um, <clears throat> DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they survived games without him that were also without Kyler Murray. Um, they're back now to full strength. I-, I was liking the Rams tonight. I-, I think this dents that a little bit for me. Um, I'm not certain about their depth, but it doesn't matter how deep they are that the talent, it cannot be comparable to Ramsey. It's going to change the way you cover somebody like Hopkins in terms of the help that you need. So um, I wonder uh, if the point spread's already moved on this.
1: Uh, It's at two and a half, last I checked, which was about five minutes ago. fanduelcom slash OK360. There's a prop bet that I I will pass along to you that I'm doing tonight, and that's with Zach Ertz. Over 40 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I think the attention with Hopkins will open up some things for Ertz in the middle of this offense. Even more so now, maybe. Yeah, and I think Murray – absolutely, Paul. That's that's a great point. I think Murray will be throwing more than what he did last week in his return from injury. only attempted 15 passes uh, as they went on the road and won at Chicago. I think they'll throw more tonight, um, and Arizona picks up their 11th win. Uh, I think this is a great game, though, because here are the Rams who got back into winning form against Jacksonville a week ago. But if you look back at their November, the Rams were leading in games for the entire month of November, for just six minutes and twenty-five seconds. They were playing catch-up. They were not playing any type of balanced football. Sony Michelle is now starting to come onto the scene, onto the scene for LA, so that's giving them some semblance of a run game. But it's all on the arm of Matthew Stafford, and to me, that's not great. Whenever you're battling teams like Arizona. And most of the time, you're going to be going in a a, a cat and mouse back and forth shootout.
2: They've got great tackles, but one of them uh, we left out of this. Havenstein is is out uh, on the right side, also on the COVID list. Daryl Henderson, the running back, also out. These guys were out earlier on the COVID list. So in injury depletion, uh, the Rams are winning here. COVID COVID depletion.
1: How about the Rams with Whitworth? For we we give uh, forty year old. uh, We give all the the accolades to Brady who's deserving of them at his age and what he's doing here's uh, Whitworth uh, who is just turned 40 right Andrew yep. Whitworth and he's not planning on retiring and he's playing the tackle position at 40 years old that is remarkable to me he's a cool dude and he's doing it at a very and high yeah,
0: level yeah that's, that's the crazy part Is I mean he's playing it like he's 28 years old at 40 it's been a remarkable career
2: I, I mean, in many ways, it's more challenging than quarterback, right? I mean, you have to endure a lot more physically. Um,
1: he turned forty yesterday, or was it last week?
2: Yeah, in the last. Either way, bit, yeah. within
1: the last eight days, and he's he's the he will be the first uh, tackle of his age to start a game at left tackle in the NFL.
2: There's some good luck involved in that, obviously, in terms of uh, you know not suffering the kind of injury that would would make it impossible for you to continue to play on. Remember. Bruce Matthews, who I don't know if he hit forty or not, played guard at the end mm-hmm. of his uh, uh, for the bulk of his career, and certainly for the stretch that he was in Tennessee. Um, and not long after he retired and went back to Houston, he stepped on a sprinkler head or something at one of his kids' games and tore his ACL. This after is an Iron Man record in wow. the NFL, this is
0: going to be very simplistic. But sometimes sports are very simplistic. I think to see the Rams do do more. I need to see them do something. Yes, I mean this is this is a team that I I need to see string something together at some point. We've seen Arizona do it all year, even without their starting quarterback at times. And we've not seen anything other than a lot of hype around their roster and a good start to the season. I have not seen nearly enough from the Rams. They could start to show something tonight.
2: They were eight and one. They've fallen off the table, and uh, in. in in line with that, Chad, I would say that they, Sean McVay's, due to outcoach somebody. You know, he needs to win against Kingsbury tonight. That's that to me is and where he's had hits success. The
1: start. He's had success in Arizona. He's Had
2: a lot of success against Arizona, but he didn't have success against Arizona earlier this year. Um, and and that's where it starts. Yeah. It's not about the the old Rams Cardinals because the Cardinals were a bad franchise for a long, long time. The Cardinals are now a good franchise. It's a franchise that's turned itself around. And the Rams weren't very good for, for long stretches either. Rams got bad in between Vermeil and McVeigh. Um, but you know, is is McVeigh McVeigh hasn't had the the dip that Shanahan had, but both of these guys have a lot of hype surrounding them, and neither has had the big payoff. They've both gone to a Super Bowl, neither of them have won a Super Bowl, none of them are sustaining the type of success where you would think these would be the teams out leading the pack, you know, on pace for a 12, 13, 14 win season in a 17-game year, and they're not there. And the Rams really, their fall off, I mean, a lot of us traced it to Robert when Robert Woods went down, and that's nice that Robert Woods was such an important part of their team, but can it be that important a part of their team where you can't get it together for several weeks after he goes down? Let's see it.
1: It's a pivotal game for their division, too, if it's going to be any type of race. Because right now, Arizona has a two-game lead with five to play, counting tonight. The Rams, two games behind them. Uh, And then Arizona, if they win tonight, it's pretty much all she wrote. Because their upcoming matchups, they they will be at Detroit. Uh, They will host Indy, and then they travel to Dallas, which is not easy games. But again, after tonight, if they win, they'd have 11 wins. We'll count Detroit as their 12th win. It's tough for anyone to catch them in the division after that, and they finish the season against Seattle at home. So, um, again, if the Rams want any chance to to make up the ground tonight, the head-to-head matchup, they have to get this uh, and get their ninth win of the season. They're 8-4, and four, uh, currently second team in the NFC West. They are a game and a half ahead of anyone behind them in the wild card. They have the top wild card spot at the fifth seed, and that won't change with a win tonight. But what will change is they – they lessen the gap between them and Arizona at the top. And meanwhile,
2: the Rams have some teams that are clawing to stay alive. Seattle at home, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, which is banged up, and then finish with San Francisco, which could be a knockout game.
1: But I, I would say the if if they can get the Cardinals tonight, the Cardinals have a more daunting schedule of back-to-back games oh, I'd agree. with Indy and Dallas. Yeah than anything the Rams would face if they can get the win tonight.
2: Yeah, though these are no pushovers. I mean, the Rams should beat Seattle uh, for sure. Minnesota, Baltimore, win a bowl. San Francisco, you know, that's a toss-up at this point.
1: If I gave you New England, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay or the field, how would you bet it right now?
0: For the Super Bowl? Yes. Win it all?
1: Uh, I'm not giving you Arizona because I think if I gave you Arizona in that lot, you'd take, you the take the four. New England, Tampa Bay, Green Bay are your teams or you can take anyone else in the NFL.
0: I would t- To win the Super Bowl, not it. just win the NFC, right? To win it. I would take the field because I'm taking Kansas City. I
2: think I... <laughs> That's a really good call. I, I'm, 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 taking, go I'm, I'm, I'm
1: removing Kansas City and Arizona from the lot.
2: I'm going to go ahead and take those three. I'm leaning uh, between Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Uh, if you give me Tom and Aaron, I'll go ahead and take them. See, I, I like, think it's a really good split. I like the chances think, of a I Kansas City-Arizona
0: Super Bowl right now, so I'm taking the field.
2: I like the chances of Brady or Rodgers winning the Super Bowl. But I think that's a really good split. I mean, I'd go 50-50. I'd
1: yeah, say, really. uh, and the thing is, in you? Vegas, I, you would, like Arizona. I, I like Arizona a lot. I, I would take the field here, but – um, I, I'm also picking these teams because Vegas has these teams spread out right around Arizona and Kansas City. Um, Kansas City, I mentioned earlier, the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl if you're betting. Um, second in the AFC is New England, but they're actually third in the entire league, according to Vegas.
2: Ellie, can you put that out as a poll?
1: Yeah. I, I think so New England, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, or the field. Or the field. Who would you bet right now at fanduel.com to win it all? with four games to play. And again, we get to see Arizona tonight. Um, and no Jalen Ramsey for L.A. A big loss for them in their defense of DeAndre Hopkins and that offense with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, who's been really good uh, since he joined. I, I mentioned at the trade deadline, I thought that was the biggest move. Uh, if that turns out to be true, it's games like tonight that factor in where it gives Murray that extra receiving option across the middle.
2: I know that turned out to be a decent game last night. I don't need to see the Bears in primetime. Yeah. Let, let's get out of that. Well, let's shift out of
1: that. It's the it's the Packers and Bears. It's, it's, I know. That's, that's, that's a great on.
2: rivalry, but because it was good 40 years ago, doesn't make it good You last know what's done. crazy is the Bears scored so
1: many points. Yeah. I, I was shocked.
0: I thought they'd score 13 points, and it was going to be pure misery, but the Bears look. came out and did but there something. Are, there
2: are different kind of games for prime time, right? There are a game that you're fired up all day to watch. There's a game that you say, okay, I'll watch this and hope. That turns out all right. Yeah. And then there are games that you know, you know, if it's good, it's a miracle. So I'm driving home last night thinking, well, this is going to suck. You know, and then it was better than I expected. So that's great. But, but, if but you're, I'm not getting charged up to watch the Bears because the Bears are of no consequence. But so it, it might be a good game, but it's of no consequence. But it, that's not the case whenever they're
1: making this schedule. No, I know. And the Bears can, just drafted Justin Fields as their franchise quarterback, traded up to get him. They're thinking it's Justin Fields' potential rookie of the year against Aaron Rodgers in his final year in Green Bay.
2: I get that. But can't you start now sliding out of these games? Well, you I, just I, want I an earlier
1: back. flex. I should take that back. Whenever they made the schedule, they had no idea what Aaron Rodgers was going right. to do.
2: They were wishful thinking. They could have been Jordan Love. Yeah, I want earlier <laughs> flex. Can we not flex yet? Uh,
1: I, I don't know if they flexed out of that game, though, last night. Yeah, I, th- I think they may have been
0: able to flex out of that game, and they didn't.
2: I'd flex out of that game in a heartbeat.
0: I continue to be amazed by Virginia McCaskett, 98 years old, showing up to every game home and away. Every time they show her, yeah. I am always amazed. 98 years old and still there for every game.
2: I understand the appeal of the Bears and Fields and all of that. Virtually everybody is in the thick of it now. So give me two teams that are in the thick of it now. This uh, unprecedented season. They're like... N- very few teams that aren't still and Chicago technically is in it. Oh, but they're not in it.
1: There's some worse games coming Everybody's
2: up. Everybody's
1: in it. Uh, there's a Monday night game coming up this week that's terrible. The Minnesota's included in it, I believe. Um but like l- last night the Packers outscored the Bears 24 to 3 to win the game by 15. Um so I mean I know, but it, I know it, it was it actually die. a very good I, game.
2: I agree. It, it it was a lot better game than I had a right to expect. But I still don't give a damn what happens to the Bears. Oh,
1: here we go. Uh, so, the Bears, th- this is where you should use your argument. Monday night football is Vikings at Bears this week coming up.
2: They love the NFC North. <laughs> they do. Uh, and the Bears play at, at, at the Bears? Yeah, it's at Chicago. Uh, at least they, they like hope for snow. <laughs> right? That's part of what they want. Well, isn't, isn't
0: that a really sad thing, though, when your primetime window? The goal is to hope for snow because the matchup is so bad. Meanwhile,
2: 26, teams, 26 teams are in it. Let's get one of them that's not in it. And
1: they- the, the schedule makers, it, it's no, not know. an exact science. But they can flex Monday pa- soon. Uh, on paper, this is not a bad game in the preseason. Minnesota and what they Agreed. did with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Plus Justin Fields. Um, Zimmer in a make it or break it year for him. I, I, you're thinking storylines. The Vikings should have them. They don't. It's a pivotal game for them. They need to win it. But they don't have the same storylines we thought they would. And again, going back to they they put the Bears on primetime late in the season because they thought Justin Fields would be starting now, and he is.
2: Am I dreaming this happened, or is there Monday night flexing No, coming? I think
1: that's a part of the new contract with them.
2: William in
0: the YouTube yes. chat said, Paul, I'm a Bears fan, and I agree. I don't want to see the Bears in primetime either, yeah. and he's a fan.
2: Yeah, go off with the Chicagoans and watch it at a deep-dish pizza dive.
1: Well, and there's also, for those that don't know, there's also a rule with how many times you can put a team in primetime. So, um,
2: the Bears, I don't know hitting, how many times. The Bears are hitting
1: their quota. I don't know how many times the Bucks and the Bills have been in primetime that it's a lot already this year. So, maybe you couldn't do that. That was the game that you would want if you flexed it, I think, right?
2: Yeah, and I understand they have to keep them in the main windows once in once in a while. But, uh, you know, I would have taken Bears. I, I mean, I would have taken uh, the Ravens-Browns. I would have taken...
1: It also says the star power of Rodgers because I, I honestly think you could put any team against Green Bay in primetime and it would rate well. And that's the, that's the NFL, yeah, but... I, I mean, mean, there are several... You several, put Rodgers on the screen. There are
2: people and teams like that. We know that about the Cowboys. You could put the Cowboys against some some non-NFL team people would watch.
1: Is that the case with Derrick Henry and the Titans? Is Henry returning for the postseason? We'll dive into what Ian Rappaport put out yesterday, or was it Saturday, with the story on Henry's return... Sunday morning. Uh, ...for the NFL and and for the Titans. How soon... And what's the best-case scenario with all this? We'll dissect that. Plus, we'll get into Urban Meyer and the complete and utter disaster that has been his one and likely only season in Jacksonville as the head coach. Next on Outkick 360. For all of the uh, degrading that we're doing to Monday Night Football next week, Thursday Night Football this week is awesome. Chiefs at Chargers. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Justin Herbert yesterday was outstanding. We'll get into our superlatives for the NFL, but we start with a possible return. Ian Rappaport uh, from NFL Network tweeting out and reporting that at a big story, NFL.com, that Derrick Henry is on track to return for the postseason. The Titans are extremely optimistic that he would return when the postseason begins, which could include, he puts in here, could include week eighteen if there is the and in the unlikely scenario that there's a win and in opportunity for the Titans. Paul, when I saw that, I'm thinking, man, this guy is really ahead of schedule. Because in my mind, I've been thinking week two of the postseason. For whatever reason, I'm thinking a couple extra weeks with all of this. And it's based on, in large part, the initial reaction we had uh, from pro football doc, uh, Dr. Chow, and others who said, based on the position, they would tack on a week or two extra to the typical recovery time.
2: Which made it what? 10?
1: Yeah, 10 to 11 weeks.
2: 10 to 11 weeks. And 10 to 11 weeks would have made it. Which game did he get hurt? And he got hurt at Indianapolis? Yes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten would be the first week of the postseason. Just like you're saying. Look, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Rappaport has this lockdown. I'll tell you from a reporter's perspective, here's here's what I think's going on. Okay. Sunday morning shows, they're all obligated to have stuff. But it's a tricky territory. You need stuff that you could get leading up to the Sunday morning show that other people aren't going to get, that's not time-sensitive, but you want it to be big, um, and it's not going to be immediate, probably. So this story falls right into that wheelhouse. Oh, I know when Derrick Henry's going to be back, but it's off in the distance. If you're wrong, you're not going to get called on it because you reported it back in week 14, and you're talking about week one of the playoffs. Adam Schefter vehemently has reported otherwise that he's done and he's not going to be back. You know, I think of course the team's going to be optimistic, wants to be optimistic, wants him to be back, wants to be encouraging about him so that the team hears There's it an energy and is excited. Boost to it. Yeah, so that Derek hears it and Derek is excited. I think if he's not back on that timetable, nobody's going to call Ian Rappaport out about it except for me and us. Um, and. I think it's that. I don't think the Titans are are, know that many details at this stage. A and B are eager to share them that much.
1: He puts out. He puts in the report. Rappaport that there is a there's a follow up uh, deal uh, check in um, appointment this week that will provide more clarity to his possible return. Well,
2: that report would be the point at which you would have more news, and that report, I'm convinced. That his agent would then share some information with NFL Network out of that report, and just straight straight I mean, from what
1: Rappaport put, I said the team was optimistic he would play again following surgery to repair the fifth metatarsal on November second, and reports on his progress have bolstered that good feeling that he's on schedule. But I I found it really intriguing that potentially Week 18, if the Titans face a win and in situation, they're not going to right. But the fact no. that he threw that out there is interesting because he's just not making that But he's up. throwing out a win and in
2: situation they, and they're not going to be in a win and in situation. Well, they could
1: be in a win and buy situation. They could Yeah, that's true.
0: So, if that's the case and you got a chance with Derrick Henry to give yourself a first round buy in the playoffs, do you play him? But I if say absolutely. But they're in absolutely. a win and
2: buy situation and that buy gives him another week and you could have had two weeks there. Yeah, that's there that, see, that's and the you best You win case. that game without him. Yeah. That's it's, the best case. Can you scenario, can, It's not out of the of this game is against Houston.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, don't play. Them. That they <laughs> what am I thinking? That they could lock up the number 1 seed where they sit right now and their their schedule ahead of them. It sets them up if they take care of their business to do that. It's a tough week this week in Pittsburgh, but if you if you wanted to secure a number 1 seed and achieve uh, some 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 goals that you set out um, and the best case scenario for Henry to return, it's to lock up the number one. You had to win yesterday; it's a must win, right? You, you. This is one of those years where they they could potentially lose their way into the postseason. And what I mean by that is, the Colts would lose as well, which would allow them to lock up the number one, not the the number one spot in the AFC South, to win the division, it, despite how they finish. But they're playing uh, uh, yesterday with their defense and the, what they did against Jacksonville. It's all fine. Again, I think the ultimate goal would be number one seed because it gives you the extra week for already a banged-up roster, but it gives you an extra week for Henry to get ready to go, too.
2: We're at five weeks, so Sunday would be six weeks. Five-slash-six weeks before this checkup. Do we think they have a great sense of – I mean, they could say, hey, his progress is what it should be. Do we think they have a great sense of – Hey, five weeks from now, a 250-pound man with five screws in his foot will be able to take a pounding with three other heavy men hanging on him? I don't think they have an answer for that. Well, I
0: think you get – he's clearly talking to someone. I think you get one person, if you're Ian Rappaport, that says, everything's looking great, and knowing Derrick Henry, he may be back for the last game of the regular season, but he should be back in the playoffs. That's not really a report that's foolproof. But that's enough to put oh, that sure. out there, what he, what he said, and not be wrong. And Paul also think you're right, it's I'd very easy if he's not ready to play this season to come back and say, well, there was a setback after well, I had that a lot. Of,
2: yeah, a lot of time between then yeah, and you know, now. Some things, things happened
0: happen afterward where it didn't progress the way they he's thought.
2: He's a 250-pound man with five screws in his foot. Uh, so
0: he's not really ever going to be wrong if he doesn't play.
2: He also it's doesn't easy to put care if he's wrong. He just moves on. Well, I,
1: just move on. What, what I'm intrigued by, though, and I am I may be the only one that's intrigued by this, is tonight Adam Schefter gets his rebuttal. He will now report on what he's hearing on Derrick Henry on Monday Night Football. This is when he unloads all of his news and notes and nuggets. Uh, it comes pregame and halftime when they check in with Shefty, Uh Sideline on the field.
2: He does some yesterday so, morning, too. I don't know. How, do you think he uh, saves his better stuff for Monday I think, night? I think so.
1: Do you, I mean, do you think
2: Schefter and Rappaport hate each other, or yes. are they friendly? Well, I think Rappaport hates Schefter. I don't know about the other way around. I always but, wonder but with Schefter, those big Schefter national reporters if they all just hate
0: each other.
1: He has been on the other side of this saying it's unlikely that he's returning this season.
2: He said harder than that. I yeah,
1: guess. yeah. And, and so I'm curious to see if Schefter has Counting. something to counter what Rappaport's putting out there, or if he confirms it. If he confirms it after saying that everything uh, it looks like he's not playing it until next season— then the Titans should be optimistic because he's come yes. back around.
0: Yes, if he does a reversal, if he confirms on that it. Then he's saying, "I was says, wrong." I'm hearing that he's going to be so back confirming it. That's going to be big for the Titans.
2: Even if he's hearing that, I don't. bet I, I would. I would think he would sit on it because it's too close to his previous reports of saying he's done, which would then be a report of saying I was wrong, which not many media would point out, but we would.
1: And it just look. I'm just, I'm just thinking about what Henry could be capable of in the postseason. With the stagnant offense and how it is right now, it would even a seventy five percent Derrick Henry is a massive boost. Well,
2: here is one thing I'll, I'll tell you: I need updated numbers. I didn't I didn't save the numbers, but I saw something last week. The amount of stacked boxes that the Titans saw without Derrick Henry leading into the Jaguars game mm-hmm. had not only not changed since Derrick Henry left. It had gone slightly up. Defenses don't give a damn about the Titans receivers. Now, A.J. Brown and and certainly Julio Jones hadn't been a part of that. A.J. Brown had been a part of it some. But the fact of the matter is they're worried about the Titans running. They think they could block running. They think Deontay Foreman can run. They think Hilliard can run. They're worried about stopping the Titans running. And they're going to make the Titans throw over the top for them. Um, before they changed their defensive alignment. And the fact of the matter is the Titans completed two of six passes over 10 yards in this game from the against the Jaguars. Two over 10 yards, and they were between 10 and 20 yards. They were 0 for 2 over 20 yards. So between the combination of, of pressuring Ryan Tannehill, hurrying Ryan Tannehill, not seeing threatening receivers, not fearing speed, which they got a jolt of speed, frankly, from Racy McMath. Yeah. Julio Jones isn't running past anybody. He's a more physical guy now. But defenses do not fear the Titans in a way that the box presence has changed at all without Derrick Henry, which is remarkable. You take that back out of a team, give them two backs off the street, and the defensive approach remains if not the same, a little bit more.
0: Well, I thought Ryan Tannehill, considering what was going on yesterday with a lack of protection, with the stacked boxes you're talking about, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, but, and just not turning it open. That was the game plan, just not to turn the ball over. I know we'll talk more about this later, but th- no one respects the Titans offense without Derrick Henry. That's, that's the bottom line. Hutton, you said it before the season started. The offense runs through Derrick Henry.
2: But they're respecting is, the run game. It is game Derrick the same. Henry's offense. They're not respecting the, the wideouts at all.
1: In uh, and, and this group right now, it's not the, the player they need back the most is A.J. Brown. Yep. There's going to be a lot of talk about is Bud Dupree playing this week. I don't know if he will or not. He's eligible.
2: I think he will.
1: A.J.'s not available until at the earliest, the 49ers game, uh, Thursday night, December 23rd. They need him back. The presence of A.J. Brown will alleviate some of those stack boxes no matter who's in the backfield. Yeah. That, that's what uh, they need. maybe
2: not right at the first snap, right, but once right. you throw one to him and they need to Open scheme up. that up as fast as possible. Not do this slow play where they don't throw to him until two minutes before the halftime. Correct.
1: Um on the opposite sideline yesterday, Urban Meyer, quite the disaster. And I I'm gonna get in we'll get in right to the 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 pregame reports and everything that's going on. But I thought A telling sign that Urban Meyer is not a professional coach happened in the fourth quarter yesterday. His franchise quarterback, the franchise quarterback, was left in the game down 17 and then 20 points. And the Titans and Vrabel did exactly what you would expect. Shane Bowen did exactly what you would expect. They brought the house, and they lit him up. You're down, and you're conceding. You're not taking timeouts. You're not trying to save time. You're not trying to claw your way back into the game. And you left Trevor Lawrence in the game to take a beating. To me, if I'm the owner, that speaks volumes more than anything else that you're in over your head and you don't know, have a, have a pulse for what goes on at this time of year for a terrible team. Get him out of the game and save him. That's the franchise. You lucked your way in to getting the number one pick. Everyone knew Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick a year before he entered the NFL draft, and he's left into the game to get earhold. I don't understand that from Urban Meyer. No one's bringing that part up because we're all discussing what's going on behind the scenes. Why he left Trevor Lawrence in the game to take a beating is beyond me.
2: It's a good point. He's got this vacant look on the sideline. Um, it seems that there seems to be some level of disassociation. And stuff like that is kind of commonplace. And if you don't think of it yourself, your right hand man, you know, uh, tells you, or your quarterback coach says, "Hey, should we?" And there's or like your there's five minutes
1: left, and they're not taking. I mean, they're just letting time run, and they're clearly just trying to get out of there. But they're throwing the football, <laughs> and you can watch the coaches on the sideline for the Titans. I would be doing this too. I mean, they're they are jumping up and down. They every time they got to stop or they we got got a hit on the quarterback. They're
2: thrilled. Yeah, and you also have to take into account, like, at that stage of the game, Danico Autry's out, Simmons is out, yes. Evans is out, um, Brown is out. And these guys are on the sideline waving a towel. I asked Vravel about this, you know, w- what's it like when those guys are out of the game? And he said, that, you know, they're excited because we've got guys in the game who've been working really hard, and they're cheering them on because everybody wants to see those guys make a play. So all those guys are trying to go get their first sack, their first hit. Right. All of that stuff. So they're amped up, and to them, it's the Super Bowl, right? To Trevor Lawrence, it's the last five minutes of his <laughs> what number loss that he needs to get out of alive. So you're exactly right. It's a terrible situation.
0: The handshake postgame also was just a tragedy. Now, uh, he and Vrabel chatted pregame.
2: Yeah, I, I saw the video of them nicely uh, chatting, uh, talking
0: pregame, but that was a weird drive by, vacant look the entire time no from eye contact. Urban Meyer, just sort of. Mindlessly wandering the field and barely shaking
2: the hand. Now this is of, of a former employee. These aren't just two guys in the coaching fraternity. Vrabel worked for him at Ohio State.
1: I'm trying to figure out what Urban Meyer brings Jacksonville right now. I mean, he he was already a laughing stock behind the scenes from his team due to the blonde uh, dance and everything else that was when going he on. Stay behind in Cincinnati. And before
2: that, he got them fined and in trouble for overdoing it at OTAs. Right. Well, so, and
1: now he's calling his coaching staff losers, it, um, which, is, which, which, I mean, I, I don't know what coaches typically do behind the scenes in a team meeting, but Meyer <laughs> needs to look in the mirror on this because a lot of the trouble uh, that they've gone through this year is looking back at him in the mirror. It's not at Daryl Bevel who's calling plays.
2: Or at uh, at his receiver, a veteran receiver who's had... You know, not a lot of success, but more success than he's had. Well, Mar- he confirmed- Marvin Jones? Marvin he Jones. confirmed the report L- me, except
0: for the Marvin Jones part. Let me go a little bit different at this whole thing also, all right? Because we are very quick. And I, I I, thoroughly dislike Urban Meyer and think that he's been a failure in year one. But we're awfully quick to label Marvin Jones some sort of outspoken hero for walking out of the facility like a little kid and having to be coaxed back in well, kick him to off. go back to work. Then because why are he's you coaxing him back in?
2: Either kick him out or don't don't create a situation. He played it down the middle. But here if is Urban my Meyer problem.
0: did that and said, "Go home, you're kicked off the team," there would be reports written about Urban Meyer being a joke. And that's what you do in college is you cut a kid's scholarship, and you don't do that with professional athletes. But Marvin he, Jones also has been a loser throughout his career. Played for Detroit. Before Jacksonville, I'm not going to sit here and crown the Jacksonville players as all knowing of how good NFL franchises conduct business because they are a failure, miserable organization that Urban Meyer has taken over and he's been a failure also and he hasn't helped things. But I'm also not going to be so quick to raise my hand and say, you know, good for those Jacksonville players. These guys clearly know how to do business in the NFL and they know what winning looks like and how things should be done. And they should be speaking up and saying all this. I'm also not going to say Urban Meyer knows how to conduct business in the NFL. It's pretty clear he doesn't. But are we really convinced that Khan is going to admit mistake one year in? This is a guy who courted Urban Meyer for a long time. And he got his celebrity coach. He pulled him out of retirement from coaching to be there. I don't know, Hutton, you asked what is Urban Meyer bringing to the table right now? Are they selling more tickets in Jacksonville? Is he a marketing push for the team? I, mean, I don't think so. No, but it's just
1: uh, But it's going to it's, it's going to ultimately question.
0: follow on it's going to fall on the owner. The simplest question
1: him. I would have to ask is is Trevor Lawrence improving? And the answer is no. He's not bringing anything to the table for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence in this. Um uh, let, let's just start there. You can uh, everything else is it, from the ownership perspective, it sounds like they're treating it as noise, background noise because they've They've evaded all of those issues throughout the season. And Urban Meyer remains the head coach. Uh, Yesterday, when the report came out from Tom Pellicero, talking about Marvin Jones and then calling his coaching staff losers, Jay Glazer, speaking of these Sunday morning shows, spoke to Urban Meyer directly, went on Fox and said, I spoke to Urban Meyer. Um, Tom Pellicero came out with a report this week that he got into it with Marvin Jones. I talked to Urban about that. That part he denies. But there is another part also that he got into it with his assistant coaches and Urban didn't deny that part. He said, yes, I absolutely, I'm hard on my coaches, I get on them. But he still thinks he has the full support of ownership. That from Jay Glazer. So Urban Meyer (laughs) denied the Marvin Jones part of the story from Pellicero that Jones stormed out and that had to be coaxed back in for practice and then they got into another verbal altercation after that at practice. Meyer denies that part. But then confirms that he stood in front of his coaching staff and called them all losers and asked them to go one by one, go through and give me your coaching resume and your bio and tell me what you've ever done and accomplished in your life. Well, he denied calling
0: them losers, but didn't deny the rest of it. He did deny. He said that part is untrue. He he denied it When he was asked about being called a loser.
1: Pre-game with Jay Glazer, Glazer confirmed that part of the story.
0: Yeah, he confirmed that an altercation happened. But then Urban Meyer said... The part about me calling them losers is untrue. Did not deny everything about. Give me your resume. Tell me what you've done to win. Which, let's face it, it's semantics. You're calling your guys losers when you say verbally stand up now and and, and tell me your resume and what you've done to win throughout your career. It's It's calling your guys losers. It's like a
2: summer camp. So that part of it's true. From the guy that hired you based on that resume, which he should full well know. Like, does the buck stop with you on anything? And I'll go back to the Marvin Jones. My understanding of Marvin Jones, maybe I'm wrong, is that he's a good pro. Marvin Jones not only played for Detroit, a terrible organization. Before that, he played for Cincinnati, a terrible organization. Marvin Jones knows terrible organizations. So if he's in Jacksonville and he's saying this is terrible, this is beyond the pale, I'm trusting Marvin Jones on that.
1: He's apparently one of the more mild-mannered players on their roster who never blows a gasket and did. For whatever reason. How many good pros, though,
0: do you know, Paul, that you've covered that have stormed out of a facility and had to be coaxed back in? Not many. By
2: an assistant it would take. It would really take something for good pros that I've well, covered again, to I'm reach not, that boiling I, 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 I'm problem. not
0: seeing everyone walk out. Trevor Lawrence isn't storming out of the facility. Well, he's he's guys, the one that's got the power well, to do it. Uh, the lot ones who stayed are laughing the at their head coach A lot in front of, of guys
2: him. don't have the power Mocking to him. do what Marvin Jones did. A lot of guys don't have the 10 years or whatever Marvin Jones has to be able to do it and risk getting cut and being okay with it. I think he's a little bit brave there. I think uh, that I also, he's not
0: going anywhere unless Shaqan says so. And this is a guy who coax, tried to coax him out of retirement for years. Yeah, this was his white did. whale to bring in. And he's not going to well, fire him after one year because of a he's bunch of bad getting fired press. either,
2: but I don't think anything's going smoothly. And I don't think Urban Meyer's taking any of the blame. Even, no, after, here's, here's even the worst after the part trouble in Meyer. Cincinnati, he said these me, guys yeah. have, to, have right. to manage us Let me give this.
0: you the most damning part to me in that whole report is the James Robinson benching mm. over the fumble and then his denial that it was his decision. You know, being very vague about, well, that's a position coach decision and I'm not sure what was going on. And Trevor Lawrence, his rookie quarterback coming up to him late in the game and saying, hey, coach, why is James not in the game? I'd really like to have him out there. Why is Carlos Hyde getting so many oh, carries? And we'll have to reassess and will take there? a closer look well, at that. No, and then if today, you're gonna demand accountability from your assistant coaches. That's what kills me is just own it. Like Bill Belichick has done this before in his career. He's bench guys for one fumble or one mistake. Just say it. If that's what you did. I'd respect that a heck of a lot more than, well, I don't know, that's a Position coach and coordinator decision.
2: And he's a phony. There's another little bit of information that comes out about Urban Meyer today about playing time. It shows you what a phony he is. We'll reopen this with that.
1: More coming on OutKick 360. Hang with us. Urban Meyer facing even more. Personnel issues in Jacksonville. Welcome back. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network.
2: So this is what gets me. And uh, it picks up on what Chad was saying earlier about uh, James Robinson being benched last week, fumbled early, was benched. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had to ask about him. <laughs> then he gets put back well, in Shane's the game in. late. And <laughs> and he acts like, well, yeah, yeah I got to get more involved in that. That's a position coach thing. Every well, did, head
1: you hear, coach- did you hear Lawrence last week? And his media availability. Yeah, he was asked about it to the. And he our gave best player very, should be. Yeah, he goes. I, I I feel like I'm I'm in there all the time. I want our best players on the field. James is among our best players yeah. on the roster. That'd
2: make perfect sense. And for a head coach to indicate like, hey, I hand off the personnel stuff. You know, that's true. Like, yeah, um, you know, each position coach is rotating in his people. But these guys wear headsets for a reason. Right. If the head coach says, hey, where's Robinson? Then guess what? The running back coach snaps to attention and thinks, I better get Robinson in the game more. The head coach wants more Robinson. Um, so today, Meyer was asked about Andre Cisco playing more. Again, this is from uh, Demetrius Harvey, I, I presume, who covers the team. Urban Meyer said, quote, Cisco is playing a little more, I believe. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Then the reporter comes back in and says, Cisco played zero defensive snaps. So the coach is saying he's playing a little bit more. I don't have the numbers ahead of me. Well, he's not playing a little bit more because he played zero. So actually, if anything, he's playing less or the same, but he's not playing more. Zero is more than no amount of snaps in the league.
0: See, and you say Cisco, and I can't get the thong song out of my head <laughs> immediately. I heard Cisco's playing more snaps. I'm like, Cisco of the thong song? So it just lends, lends more
2: credence to the idea that he is phony and fake and faking it to some degree. Like You should say, I don't have Cisco's snaps in front of me. We'll I just, revisit that later. Or I just I'm not don't. worried about Cisco
0: or something. Some guys just aren't cut out to be NFL coaches. They're just better off at the level yeah, they were coaching before. Coach. He's just not an NFL but coach. How does he and we answer knew this, this could question be a at possibility. The level,
2: when he's asked about the, the defensive line, here's, what I'll, here's what
0: I'll I'll, I'll say. But I, I've always thought about this
2: with Urban Meyer.
0: I mean, you were really dedicated to just winning football games if you send your kid to play for Urban Meyer. I, I can't imagine. I can see Nick Saban going into a living room. And sweet talking of family and being Do it for us. Being pretty legitimate about Recruit it.
2: Recruit my son. I don't really know, I can't do a
0: Nick Saban, but he he's the type of guy that okay, I get it. When you see him on camera, you hear him speak, I get fact. it. There's nothing about Urban Meyer mm-hmm. that I've ever seen that I would think as a Is parent I would send my kid willingly to go play for Urban Meyer at any school that he's coaching, other than oh gee, he sent a lot of guys to the NFL and won
1: national titles.
2: We've talked recently about some of my prayers. That's what I don't understand about him as a college coach. I would like to pray this with Simon tonight.
1: (laughs) Can I do a prayer segment? You're bringing this in with Simon.
2: Go right ahead. Dear God, let Simon grow up to be a great, great kicker. Let him kick at Ravenwood High School high and straight and through the goalposts. So much so that Nick Saban and Dabo... And uh, all these other guys that I can't stand, especially Urban at his next school. I think you'd like Nick Saban if Excuse you met him me, personally. Please, so. I'm praying. Come to my. Sorry to interrupt your prayer. Come to my. I'll bow door, my head. Knock, knock on my door, and come into my house where I offer them no food, <laughs> <laughs> and they beg my wife no and I and my son to come to their school, and I could kick their asses out of my house. <laughs> tell urban meyer there's no way that i would have my son come be under your guidance under any circumstances i I think you're scum good day sir (laughs) the entrance to the neighborhood in case you forgot because it's a curvy road is down there and to the right no to the left i want you to get lost I mean, lost in my neighborhood. But I mean, let's
0: let's rate those amen. three guys. Amen. A, a, a that, amen. The beautiful, God always knows. <laughs> no, that was a beautiful prayer. Yeah, Paul. yeah. Almost as good as our favorite prayer of all time. That was said in a, a cab. <laughs> was a cab or an Uber? It was an Uber. It was an Uber. Yeah, set yeah. said an Uber. That, that um, worked,
2: didn't it? That prayer. We'll, t- that, we'll,
0: we'll tease that story. Yeah. When we have more radio affiliates, we're going to tell that story <laughs> to everyone, Absolutely. to the world. The world will hear that story. But those three guys you just mentioned, Nick Saban, a parent of a son, right? Nick Saban. Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer. I would be far more apt to send my kid to play for Nick Saban. Dabo Sweeney seems like a complete phony to me in what he does. He he comes across to me as a televangelist uh, and not the good kind of televangelist. That's the prayer. Urban Meyer, no way. No way would I meet Urban Meyer and think, this is a good idea.
1: The best of the NFL weekend is straight ahead. We'll give our top performers. We'll also... Break down the Titans' victory over Jacksonville. Look ahead to their final four games of the season and what they can accomplish. But we start with the shutout defensively over Jacksonville at Nissan Stadium this past Sunday. Hang with us on Kick 360
2: Amen.